0: Now, NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio with Lee Whitting, whether you're listening on Talk Zone, by podcast, through the archives of our ad-free shows on our YouTube channel, or connected through the incredible content of our Facebook page. Our guest today, Dr. Rodney Chelberg, is an internist who graduated from the University of Minnesota Medical School and trained in hospital and ICU medicine. During his 28-year career, he practiced several types of medicine, including emergency room, hospital, nursing home, and hospice, and saw upwards of 70,000 patients. Rod was in second grade when a fatal reaction to penicillin brought on an NDE. And from that, he received three gifts. He could see heart auras, leave his body at will, and could meditate on a deep level. As he grew older, these gifts matured to a point where he could feel, hear, and see Christ when he was dealing with patients. Christ would help diagnose, and when the person was dying, would guide them home to heaven. He also helped Rod in his own life as he survived three cancers and a massive stroke. Along with his childhood near-death experience and medical guidance from Christ, Rod has lived a lifetime of other spiritually transformative experiences as well, including out-of-body, shared death, and after-death communications. Accounts of these appear in his memoir, When God Calls, Say Yes, a Physician's Experience of Mystical Guidance. Dr. Rod, welcome to NDE Radio.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me, Lee. This is such a pleasure.
0: Well, it's wonderful to have you on. You know, because of you, the frequency and the power of your uh, lifelong experiences, I count you as one of the true mystics I've had the pleasure of interviewing on the show.
1: Thank you.
0: <laughs> Let's begin with that NDE when you were seven.
1: Yeah, well, that's, I didn't know what it was at the time, but I was a, a, about seven years old, second grade, and I had um, a severe infection of my kidneys from a strep infection. And they were treating me with penicillin, which is an antibiotic. So in the middle of a two-week hospital stay, one night, I started to have a reaction to the medicine. Mm. And I didn't know, as I was a child, my parents had left, and I was in the hospital room by myself. Something wasn't right. And then I noticed that it was getting difficult to breathe. I, I couldn't move air. And I was suffocating. And I panicked. and. And I knew I was starting to die. Um, The lights were getting dim. And then um, all of a sudden, everything went completely black. And this tremendous fear came over me that I'm dying. I Couldn't breathe. Couldn't see. Couldn't hear. And what happened in this darkness is a bright white light appeared right in front of me. And I saw this light. And as I saw it. I started to lift out of my body, if you will, not knowing what was going on, but I, I felt such tremendous peace and being drawn to this light, and I just floated towards it, and um, it was warmth, it was comforting, and as I got closer to it, I could start to see inside of it, and what I saw was a tremendous sphere of white light with gold flecks in it, and and I just remember like this is home. I'm going home. And I had no more fear. Just as I was about to enter this sphere, I was yanked back into my body. And um, I I woke up. And I guess they they had given me rescue medicine, usually for an allergic reaction. If it goes into your lungs, you can't breathe, and your lungs swell up, fill up with fluid. Hmm. So it's a very uncomfortable feeling. But when I came back, they they had turned everything around and I could breathe again and I could totally relax. And I felt tremendous peace and comfort. And that fear of death was gone. And I didn't think anything of it. Like, oh, I have no idea what that was. Years later, um, I was listening to when the Moody Blues put out the song, Floating and Floating Among the Stars. This thought came to me, I wonder if I can do that. So I went down into the bedroom, turned off all the lights, and I imagined myself floating. And sure enough, I could do it. And I lifted out of the body and I rotated up and saw myself sleeping in the bed. And I was very peaceful. And I just went around the room a few times to get comfortable with it. And I thought, this is really nice. So in the ensuing weeks, I would get home from school and I'd take trips. And I would like to go around. We had a farm, a small crop farm back in Minnesota. And it was so much fun to look down and see, well, there's dad. He's talking. And there's Noel. He's playing. And it it was really nice. And then I thought, I wonder if I can travel. And so I did. And I went to Paris. And I remember seeing the Eiffel Tower I was going above the street, maybe 12 feet, looking down at people eating, looking at cars. It was crystal clear. Um, it was just a, a beautiful experience. That was one gift, if you will, that I received. The second gift um, from this experience, this near-death experience, is I started to see on people the color of their heart. And I saw red, green, and blue. And not everybody had these, but a lot of people did. As Later in life, I learned that red is is divine love, green is divine life, and blue is divine intelligence or creativity. And these are all aspects of the divine that I was seeing. So I can look at you and say, your heart's red. And I know you're in tune with the divine. And and I can look at Jodi, my wife, and her heart is red. And it's beautiful. And then the third thing, the gift that I had is that I could meditate. I self-taught myself meditation and I could go very, very deep and I could connect with that feeling, that presence. I never saw the light, but I always had the feeling of oneness, of peace. This all came to an end for two reasons. One, my friends thought I was crazy and they were teasing (laughs) me. And... You know, you're a little kid. You want to be accepted. So, doesn't everybody see the, these beautiful colors? No. <laughs> but the second thing that really stopped me is, is um, I had some something very dark and evil come to me, and it was cold. It was black, and it said, "I want you." I said, mm. eh, "That's not going to happen." And and I pushed it away, and I said, "I don't want any more of these experiences." And I blocked them, and I said enough of that. Well, they're like seeds, and the, and the tree grew. Later in life, in when I was in medicine, in my internal medicine residency, I started seeing colors again. And I thought, well, that's interesting. But not only did I see the colors on people's hearts, I saw their 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 uh, auras, and and I could see, like your aura is is misty white to clear and it goes out about three inches and I thought what is this what am I seeing and I didn't dare say this to anybody because it I'm in medicine for Pete's sake that's we're scientists you know we we believe in disease and germs and you're seeing things that can't be so I kept really quiet but the other thing that started to happen um is I started to feel um, a connectedness, a lovingness to people. So the auras that I saw would be uh, black. When somebody I knew was going to pass away, I could tell when somebody was going to get healthy and and when they were going to make it. So I got this indirect guidance, if you will. And so those were the seeds is this tree germinated and started to expand then as in my career unfolded um i started to uh, hear hear the voice of christ in in these experiences and i know we're drifting a little bit away from near near near-death experiences but i think near-death experiences gives us gifts so i'm just going to share some that i've had but um I could hear Christ. and in the ER is when I really started to hear uh, his voice very clearly as clearly as you and I are talking right now. So these are there are so many stories, but in the book I talk about a lady who came in well dressed, she was a business person, she collapsed at work, totally unresponsive. This is what you get in the emergency room. nothing. What meds is she on? What happened? Nothing. Christ told me to um, put my hand on her foot, which I did. And he told me she has Tylenol poisoning. So I ordered the the labs for Tylenol and they were all critical. And so I gave her the antidotes and saved her life. And these, why would you order a Tylenol level? The, The nurses thought I was crazy because they thought she had a heart attack or a stroke. And it turned out she had Tylenol poisoning. And I later found out she was taking Darvacet, which has Tylenol. And because of her pain, she was taking extra Tylenol supplements. So she was taking lethal doses of Tylenol. And the second story that really stands out is a young child was in the playground running. He was 15 years old. He just fell down, scun his knees, got dinged up a little bit, and started playing again. Mother and dad were concerned, so they brought her into the ER. And so here's a 15-year-old kid with scunned knees. It's the end of my shift, and I'm like, okay, (laughs) there's not much going on here. But when I put my hand on his shoulder, the voice of Christ said, this child has metabolic syndrome. He had uh, VTAC you have to check him for a heart attack. Now, I ordered a cardiac enzyme to rule out a heart attack on a 15-year-old child, and my nurses are like, "You're crazy." They're snickering at me, they're laughing. They're like, "He's lost it. His blood sugar's low." Well, that test came back abnormally high. The child did have a heart attack, and we ended up transporting him to Boston. And he had what's called the widowmaker's lesion, which is lethal. And if I didn't listen to that voice, uh, that child would not be here. So he had cardiac surgery and did, did very well. The second thing that um, after, which really uh, changed things for me, um, is we had an 80-year-old lady coming in who was coding, she had a heart attack, and they were coding her in the ambulance, brought her in, and I ran the code for about 20 minutes, but I could see that it had been too long, and I knew she was dead. So I called the code, and everybody left the room. Now, it's always been my habit to pray for people. Um, I, I consider that my last act as a physician. I hold their hands to my chest. And, and I was raised Catholic, so I, I would use our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And I decided to try something different. I had been uh, studying A Course in Miracles and meditating. And um, A Course in Miracles, I'm just going to digress for a second, is not a cult or a religion. It's a self-study book that's a personal transformative journey that you take to realize that God is within you and not, not in a building. Um, it's just a new way of looking at the world. So I asked Christ, I said, will you please take this lady home for me? In that instant, the entire ER turned into scintillating white light. I could see her aura, her body aura, pure white light lifting out of her body. I could see her face as clearly as I can see you. And she looked at me and said, thank you. Mm-hmm. In the next instant, this bright red, Um, bead-shaped aura appeared on my left, and the two melded together, and they went across my visual field. Then they went up into these beautiful golden doors, and light came out of them. As that occurred, I also watched these two arms, hands, if you will, come out and engulf them and pull them back into heaven. That's what I call it. And I sat there And I tried to peek in, but I couldn't see. But I felt such profound love, profound peace. And there was such light. And I said, I just helped birth someone into heaven. From that experience on, every time somebody has passed away, when I meditate or I hold their hand, I always ask Christ to come and take them. And whatever they did in their human life, Doesn't matter anymore. Whatever they did in their past lives doesn't matter. The person is always taken home. And I get to see this beautiful vision. I saw it with my dad. We can go on for the next hour and I'll tell you stories.
0: These are uh, shared death experiences. And I guess you've had many, many of them.
1: (laughs) You know, I trained in ER medicine and trauma. And all of this spiritual material is new to me and I've had the experiences but I don't know what what they what they are so it's it's really fun that I'm learning a new career and I'm I'm working for god mm. so that's helpful to me so we had that just just uh about 3 weeks ago Jody's good friend named Mommy 93 year old with dementia and she was dying so Jody called me and um, I, asked, I asked Christ to come and take her home, which he did. And the beautiful thing about this story is, is I could see them and I could see the nursing room, home room, and the, the, the mom and the daughter had were estranged over money. Well, the mom woke up enough to say she basically apologized. They reconciled. They said, I love you. I love you. Mommy came with Christ and stood in my kitchen, and I could see her outline with Christ. And she just smiled at me, she's very flirtatious, but she said, Thank you. And then a few days later, she left this realm and went home. And during these episodes, I feel tremendous love and tremendous peace. And I know that's one for our side that this lady. One more has gone home to heaven, doesn't have to come back. So I call these experiences birthing someone into heaven.
0: I think you mentioned in your book, a woman named Anna who died of pancreatic cancer.
1: Yeah. Anna. Yeah. She had stage four um, pancreatic cancer and she was a lovely lady, but she was a devout atheist. There's no such (laughs) thing as God. And, um, and I was the hospice director at the time. So I went to her house and and I talked with her about um, the medications that I was going to use. And then she asked me the question, what is it like to die? She says, what's going to happen? I don't believe in God. There's nothing out there. And I said, you're going to be surrounded by love and angels. You're going to feel very warm and peaceful. And you're going to float. And these beautiful arms are going to lift you up. Because God doesn't care that you don't believe in him. He believes in you. And she felt this tremendous peace uh, descend upon her. In one of our visits, she she felt very peaceful, and her room was filled with white orbs. Now, I've never seen these before, and, and I was looking at them, and I realized these are angels. These are family members, angels, whatever you want to call them. But they were like bubbles in the room. They were just beautiful. Christ came to her about a week before she died um, and was at the bedside helping the family go, go through the grieving process. Mom, I said, we have less than a week now. And um, they brought in the most amazing thing the daughter brought in tulips, and they were red and white, variegated tulips, and they were all closed. On the Friday before she died, she's been unresponsive for three days. Friday, she wakes up perfectly lucid and tells each one of them how much she loved them, how happy she was to be their mother, and that she says, I know where I'm going, I'm at peace. All those tulips opened up. And the next day, uh, she passed away. And I was at home and in my kitchen again, And uh, Christ and Anna came and she walked by just across my visual field, again from the right to the left, and she blew me a kiss like that. And it was just a kiss of love and this tremendous feeling of peace and love descended upon me again. And again, I see those golden doors. I I try to peek in, but they shut really fast. (laughs) (laughs) But when those arms come out, you know people worry about being judged there is no judgment it's it's welcome home my child you've come back to me i am so happy and it, it it the fear of death is gone it's just gone so that's her story um that was that was another one that really she was a friend of mine but also a client patient so and if I can, I'll share one more with you. My dad,
0: of course,
1: was an atheist, and oh my gosh, he would blast churches, cemeteries. Why? Why is God so mean? Why does he? <laughs> oh my, my ears! I said, "Dad, please stop." You know. And um, when he died, I, I was in hospice. I attended him, and I saw. What was really interesting is about three days. I'd asked Christ to come, and he was on on dad's right side. And then there was several white beings, and one of them was really tall. And I I didn't know who these people were. I said, who are all these folks? And then I realized, one of them I saw was my Uncle Vernon, and I realized it was his family. He was in a family of seven. They all came to take him home. So they're all here. And I'm looking at this and I'm very thankful. The next day I come, Christ and all these people are gone. And my dad, his body is still there, but his life energy is gone. I said, he's left. And it's like a car. You forget to turn off. There's a little gas in the tank. And eventually it runs out of gas and it stops. So the next day he passed away. So I picked up the Course in Miracles. I was reading um, one of the lessons, and my dad's aura appeared on my uh, right side. He was shimmering white. He was so joyous, so happy. Mm. He said, I was so wrong. I was so wrong, and I'm so happy I'm at peace. And, And then he smiled and disappeared. And I did not grieve. I felt tremendous joy that he was released from this physical form and returned back to spirit and to get to see the family that they were all okay. And, and it's just um, so that those are many of the experiences I have.
0: Yes. And then there are, uh, you've had along with shared death experiences after death communications, like that uh, young man who was murdered at home.
1: Yeah, I've had (laughs) several. (laughs) So this young man, he was 20. He was visiting his mom and dad um, and was at home. And I I can't tell you the whole story. Uh, I try to maintain privacy. But a man came to the house posing as a a UPS uh, deliverer. And the young man opened the door and the man shot him in the heart and killed him. Oh. And then he shot the dad. And by then he took off and never caught him. So the mother witnessed her son being shot and killed and her husband being shot. Well, he survived. So I didn't know anything about this. And and a friend um, called me up and said, there's somebody that's here. And I said, okay, so I went into a meditation, and I met this man, this young boy, 20 years old, and he had dark hair. Um, He was wearing a white something. I didn't know what it was, and he was wearing glasses. He said, tell my mom I'm fine. I have no pain. I am very happy. I am at peace, and I want you to know that. Will you tell my mom? So this is a very high-security situation that And so I called and talked to her and I told her, I said, What's with the white? Well, he played baseball. Their uniform was white. I said, Did your son wear glasses? She said, Only during baseball. (laughs) And nobody knew that. So that validated for me. I said, Well, here's the message. And he's telling you that he's at peace. Everything is fine. Don't worry. Mother was still grieving and having a hard time. So he made a second appearance. And then I, I told her that he, he says, Mom, I am fine. I'm right here. And let go of the anger and the grief. And you will feel me. You will see me. Hmm. And that's the last I heard of them. Hmm. Another lady, um, she was 60-something. And she, she died of a, of a massive brain tumor. And I went to her in, in my mind and, and said, you know, it, I can help you go home. And she says, no, not yet. I'm not, not yet. I said, okay, that's fine. Why? She says, I'm waiting for my mom and dad who are in, my, in their 90s so I can take them home. See, there's no time in, in, in consciousness. There's no, that's a human concept. And I said, Oh, I get it. I get it. And they're just, they're just waiting. So those are, those are a couple examples, but yes, that you can learn to be quiet and listen and and to see and hear and communicate. It just takes practice. Yeah,
0: And then there was a a teenage girl that uh, you wrote about who was raped and murdered.
1: Yeah. I was lecturing at a conference about my mystical experiences coming out of my shell has been difficult. <laughs> um, this this conference was about um, death and dying. And we, there were people that had children that had committed suicide and spouses that committed suicide, people that had been murdered. And um, this man said, I really need to talk with you. So I, I said, I was done with my my speaking engagement. I said, sure, we sat down. And so it's a round table, and he's on my right, and he's he's crying and telling me how much he misses his daughter and how horrible this was. And on my left, then appeared this young woman, long blonde hair, and in, 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 a, in a in a yellowish dress. And she said, tell my father, I am fine. I'm at peace. I'm comfortable. He doesn't have to worry. And if he lets go of his grief, He'll hear me, he'll he'll see me. And so I, I put my hand on this man on his hand. I said, Your daughter is fine. You know, she went through this event for whatever reason, learning experience, I suppose. But she felt complete peace and joy, and she wanted her dad to have that. But because it was grieving, she couldn't get through. So I said, You you now have to start working on. Letting this go, and you do it bit by bit, not all at once. It's it's too much. But I said, Your daughter's here, she's got blonde hair, she's sitting. I said, Take your hand, put it out, see if you can feel her. And he he just says, There's something touching my hand, and I said, There you go. So that was that was another experience that our our family friends do not die they change shape they transition from a low energy this human body into a high frequency of love and if we learn to be quiet and accept that they're still alive our human senses are so limited mm-hmm. their energy their their pure love they vibrate at a very high level and they're very peaceful and um, they connect with you, and it's so healing. It's like I'm putting sutures into your heart. You're, you're like a trauma patient, and, and I start doing my magic tricks of putting stitches in and giving you medicine and whatnot. But people, people can heal if they realize I just can't see them. And if I can let go of my grief, you've lost the body, no doubt about that. But life is eternal. Life is eternal. You cannot destroy life. So temporarily, you've manifested as a body, and I can see your aura, I can see your heart, and then you're going to leave this world. Well, guess what? You're going to see me, but my human eyes aren't going to see you unless I get quiet and say, I allow you to come in. I allow forgiveness. And I learned to let go of the pain. And that might take a few years, but it does happen. And the the more you can let go, um, the easier this whole process is, and then you heal.
0: There was also a young man who committed suicide that uh, you found. You sought him out in the etheric realm?
1: Yeah. Actually, I've had, I think, three, at least three. Um, But, but the first time I was really fortunate that um, I worked in a Catholic hospital. So the chapel was right next to the, um, to the emergency room. So this young man committed suicide. I get my story straight. That was a different one. There's so many. Give me a break. (laughs) This young man. Two weeks after the fact, I found out he had committed suicide, and the family was very distraught. And so I meditated, and and I asked for guidance, and and I went into this realm, this kind of a light gray realm, and I found this man, this young man walking, and he was crying. His head was down, and then I walked up to him. I put my arms around his shoulder, and and I explained to him what he said he, he had committed suicide, and he feels horrible and guilty and very sad. I invited Christ in, and he came in on, on my right side and, and put his hand on my shoulder and said, I'll, I'll take him from here. Hmm. And And so then Christ held this young man and walked with him, and he shined love on him and forgiveness. And it's like, um, they didn't go straight to heaven I didn't I didn't get to see the whole picture but Christ said I'm going to walk with him now and help him to heal so it's like a hospital or something but I had done my job so I was able to leave and 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 I knew and I saw Christ walking with him in this realm helping him to whatever was troubling him to release it I was getting confused because there was another patient that also committed suicide and I I couldn't rescue him. Um, It was too far gone. And so he too was in this realm. And in the year, so I went into the chapel and I prayed for him. And and again, it was, you know, um, I found him in in the, the pain that he felt was, Unbelievable. And again, Christ came that beautiful energy. And basically the same as I will I will take care of him now. And that the love that he showers on him. And watching him, uh, the man that committed suicide start to get brighter and brighter is is awe. Ah. It's <laughs> <That's laughs> like right, huh? that is amazing. And and I knew I knew where they were going. I knew they were going home to heaven, but they were walking. They weren't like flying. They were just taking their time to allow this man to heal. And then that healing. So when I talked to the family, I have to go into a, a private room. And I said, I'm sorry, you know, we, we couldn't save him. And I, But then I broke one of my rules, which is I don't talk about this stuff, but I said, Christ came and took your son, and he is fine. He's walking with the divine now. He's at peace. And none of you did anything wrong. Don't assume any guilt for this. You are innocent. This was his path. And now he's being treated by the divine, and he's going to go home. So know that everything is fine. And they felt the peace of God come into that room, and it was like a like a misty uh light, white light. And they all felt it's palpable what what you feel. And the this divine peace, everybody was just such relief. Okay, we're not to blame, we're not taking on the guilt. We're free to know that he's being taken care of by God. It doesn't get any better than that.
0: No, that's right. Here's a category that I don't even have a name for. It's you've been from time to time bringing people back who have died, not just through CPR, but through a spiritual encounter. Tell us a couple of those stories.
1: Yeah, that's not very often, but um, there was a lady uh, that was driving. She was in her 80s and um, had a cardiac arrest and ran into a telephone pole. So she came into the ER. And uh, so not only is it a trauma patient, I've got a, someone in cardiac arrest. Mm. So we did CPR on her and she was what's called flatline asystole. And um, we, we worked on it for about 20 minutes and um, it, we stopped. It, I mean, there's just too much damage. And so by then the family had arrived, the minister had arrived and, bangor is not a big town so easy to get around so word gets out pretty fast and so i was standing and the family was taking this in and um and i dissociated from my body i was standing there and all of a sudden i became a statue and i and i left my body and i I went into this this realm again and i found her you know um and she was crying. And uh, and I, I walked up to her and she said, What happened? I said, Well, you had a you had a heart attack and you died. And she said, Oh, that that can't be. I won't have time to say goodbye to my family and tell them how much I love them. And I said, Well, let's just ask and let's ask Christ if we can do something about that. And so the um christ came and and i asked i said can we have a little time with this lady and he said yes he said three days Mm. now she's been in a systole for nine minutes that's a long time that's like dead yeah she 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 got part way up in the bed and took a breath we were all incredulous. This can't be. <laughs> and um, she stabilized. We transferred her to the ICU. She lived three more days, and was able to talk with her family, and communicate with them how much she loved them. and And then she died. She just, she just said, "I'm done." And the, and the family told me afterwards that they felt such tremendous peace with this that, um, and they were so thankful to have this extra time to say goodbye. I think it's very important that, um, in, in the dying process that, that people die in peace and not in her case, a, a traumatic death. There's, there was, um, another a man that, um, was in an automobile accident and pretty banged up. And, um, he, he passed away, um, but before he died, I was able to hold his hands and look into his eyes, and and help him know that 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 he was dying. Um, but then it was it was still really quick, and so he didn't get uh, the full impact that he was dead. And again, he was in this realm of this—I don't know what to call it—but it's just this realm where these people go. So I went into the chapel and I prayed and and I said, Father and Christ, and I found this man. I started, I told him he was in a a car accident and he was dead. And, And he went, oh, and he was sad. And he said, tell my wife, I love her. Tell my children, I love her, love them. And Christ came and took this person and said, it's time for him to leave. he's got to go now and and then they went off in, in, again to the left side into those those doors and it was beautiful. So I'm going off on a bit of a tangent but sometimes people die so fast they don't know they're dead and and I've had experiences um, dealing with um, in meditations, uh, finding people, um, one was a group of soldiers. I talked about this in the book that were from World War II. And there was, five, I think like five men, it was, it was clearly a war scene, they died suddenly and they just wanted to get home. And they didn't know how, it happened so fast. I told them, you've all passed away. And um, I said, you see that light on the left side up in the sky? They did, yeah. I said, that's how you get home. Follow that light, and you will be guided home. And they all got up and and they just sort of went together, um, kind of as a as a white cloud into that light. And and I knew that they were able to accept death and, and go home and be at peace. Hmm. And I have a lot of stories like that, but <laughs> We can move on if you
0: want. Well, I wanted to go back for just for a minute concerning the infant that died from pneumonia. Oh. Because <laughs> you saw the child's aura leave and yet. Uh...
1: Yeah. You know, I've had so many experiences. I should write these down. Um, so you have to understand the irony of this is I do not like children. That's why I do adult medicine. I, mean, I got a screaming kid. I'm not a happy camper. But anyway, my partner, who is a pediatric ICU or ER doctor, is supposed to take care of them, right? So their mm. kid comes in, he's one and a half years old, and I'm done with my shift. I'm closing down my computer. I'm out happy. And my this, this young child is brought in who's in respiratory distress. And I'm thinking, not my problem. I'm out of here. So... The pediatrician says, I am swamped. Can you take care of this child? And I went, yeah. So I went in. The child had already had a chest x-ray, but was had not received any medicine because the pediatrician hadn't seen him yet. And the child's in diapers and sitting on the mom's left leg. And she's holding the child to her chest. And I immediately knew this child's in severe respiratory distress. I mean, he was breathing so fast. So I sat down, and just then the the view box showed the chest X-ray, and the the child had bilateral pneumonia, and that's pretty serious. So I was going to tell the mother what was wrong, and in that instant, the child stopped breathing. He slumped forward and leaned on her chest. That was it. She just went sheet white with terror because – this child's not moving anymore. He's not breathing. And I'm looking at this and I see the child, uh, the aura of the child start to dissociate and it's floating up um, above his body. And the child is thinking, shall I leave this world? I could hear his thoughts. And in that next instant, Christ came in. It is On this plane, I see him as a red aura and he said put your hand on the child's back so i reached over and put my hand on on the baby's back and he said stay little one and then the auric went back into the body and he started breathing again wow so then it was like okay so i called a respiratory code and we we resuscitated the child and then took him to the uh, pediatric intensive care unit but that was an experience and um and and this is a sequela to this, which for me, um, I was really angry at the pediatrician <laughs> for a minute, <laughs> and I thought, why me? You know, that's, that's ego. But as I walked <laughs> out, it was it was wintertime, and it was just beautiful, starry night. And Christ stopped me and said, "What do you want to do? Do you want to stay angry, or do you want to be at peace?" The child's at peace everybody is at peace i mean i was really not happy but i was also overwhelmed with with the love and i said i'm going to choose peace and forgive this and i was flooded with just immense white light and it was like i got a a bath if you will of all these i don't like kids <laughs> <laughs> and all this negativity was washed out of me and i felt incredible lightness hmm. so yeah that was a that was quite an experience
0: and I guess you had a similar experience with an adult who uh, collapsed in the shower was unresponsive
1: yeah that was Thanksgiving time Jody and I were visiting a friend just this last Thanksgiving a uh, friend and um his name was Phil and Phil wanted to to see um how his uh, other friend was doing who lived in another building so he just had prostate or some kind of surgery and both jody and i phil wanted to go to lunch we both said no we've got to go see him right now Hmm. so we did and i found him he was in the shower he had collapsed he was unresponsive and incoherent um and so i was able to to, he was still breathing but i felt his pulse it was going way too fast and so i got him to to get him half out And I'm kneeling in the shower, holding him up so he can breathe. And I watched him, um, uh, his body, his spiritual body, dissociate and leave his physical body. It started to float up. And I pushed it back down with my mind. But then he did it again. And I just said, you are not going to die on me. And I (laughs) pushed him back in and started CPR, some mild CPR stuff. Mm -hmm. And then um, he started to come back and it turned out he had septic shock from an infection in his bladder and it was perfect timing. So I felt the presence of the divine. I felt the presence coming through me and literally with my hands holding his shoulders, pushing him back in and then doing some CPR to keep him going. But that was just just a few months ago, so they're still happening. <laughs> so,
0: people may gather from this conversation that you have everything under control. But you wrote about encountering a red orb during meditation. Tell us that that story.
1: Oh, yeah. As I went through um, this journey. Christ has always been my guide, some divine being. I call him Christ. But something divine, holy, and innocent is guiding me. And so I learned, again, to leave my body. And for for two years, over a period of two years, I I learned to travel around. And um, I started traveling around the earth. And then I, I would go to the moon. And then I could go inside the sun. And I thought, I can go farther. In other words, my mind is expanding, getting bigger and bigger. So I went through the Milky Way and then into this purple realm, whatever that is. I'm not sure. And and I came to the very edge of, I guess, what I'd call human consciousness. And there was a curtain, a waterfall of darkness. And it's a thin veil that covers our vision so that we can't see the other side. So I went through that with the help of Christ. He pulled me through, and then I had several journeys inside this beautiful sphere. And in the very center of it, there's this bright red ball. And Christ said, this is after two years of meditating. It's not just the next day. Um, He said, go ahead, touch it. You're ready. Now, this thing is alive. It's moving. It's crackling and popping. I'm thinking, this is not a good idea. So what did I do? I touched it. And in that instant, I was hurled back into my body. And I was paralyzed for about 20 minutes. Couldn't move. Wow. And I realized that that I, I had had an initiation into touching the divine. It was tremendous energy. So after this, Christ led me. And he, on another journey, again, a a year later, and he said, do you want to meet God? No, I'm Catholic, and I'm thinking, you know, last time you said this, (laughs) and (laughs) do I want to meet God? Um, And I'm thinking about judgment and all the sins that I've done, and anyway, so I said yes. He said, wait here, and suddenly there's your you're filled and you're in this incredible sphere and these misty arms came around me, this beautiful loving presence encapsulated me and all thoughts of rot are gone, time, space, and you become divine essence of thought of love and you merge with the divine. I can't tell you, there's no words to describe that awe is the best I can do. But to feel the tremendous power, the tremendous peace and love is and, and to realize my mind has turned into infinity and I've become one with all things um, was a pretty powerful experience. And yeah. and I, I don't know how long I stayed there. I know it was a two-hour meditation, but it seemed like instance. And for about a week, I was just, everything I looked at Um, in this human plane, it would scintillate in light. It's like I could see God in everything, and I didn't tell anybody. So, But um, that was the red orb, yeah. So Christ has a funny sense of humor sometimes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The etheric plane that you mentioned, do you differentiate that from the Catholic concept of purgatory?
1: Yes. Tell us about the differences. I think, um, I think purgatory is, because I've been there, um, I've seen it, I, I stand on a hill, and Christ is in front of me, and I see millions of people, souls, beings, whatever, and what it is, is they're stuck in this realm, they're hanging on to baggage of their anger, their resentments, I was murdered, or I murdered somebody, whatever, whatever the problem, and, and there's suffering, because they've disconnected from God. They're they're separate from God. They don't believe that they're worthy of God. And that God is punishing them. And they're actually punishing themselves. And, and so I will stand there in this meditation. This beautiful white light comes down from above. Goes through me and out my heart. And it shines out as a beacon to all these people. And then... What I watch is it's like fireflies. Like people say, I can see now, and they put their baggage down and they become free. They've forgiven themselves that and they remember that I and my father are one, and they go home. And there's others that say, I'm not good enough, I'm still done bad things. When I go into the spiritual realm, which I like to do during my meditations, there is no Uh, bodies there's it's just pure love you're in a huge sphere Uh, you feel nothing but oneness you feel nothing but love and peace it's like you take a drop of water from the ocean you throw it back in the ocean where is that drop it's in there but it's now one with seven oceans so all you see is is light and beauty and you feel tremendous peace and love, and it's so brilliant white, and you see 360 degrees, you see a sphere. In purgatory, it's dark. Um, You feel the pain. You see the suffering, and it's just, if you would just forgive and let go, put that baggage down, then you're going to go into this sphere of white light because this beautiful light that's shining through me is lighting everything up. So that's forgiveness. So there, to me, there's a difference.
0: So the suffering in purgatory is self-inflicted.
1: I believe so. I suppose if there's enough hatred, but I, no, that's not right. I think it's self-inflicted. It's I'm unworthy of the, it boils down to I'm unworthy of God's love and I'm separate from my source. Therefore, I must be guilty and I must be punished. God never created evil, never created anything but love and happiness. And it's once we say, oh, I I misinterpret this. I did not sin. The Catholics told me I was born with original sin. I thought, I was just born. How could I get in trouble? Anyway, I think that's purgatory, is to believe that you're unworthy of God's love.
0: And then there's the ghostly plane that you encountered at Gettysburg. Yeah. Tell us about that.
1: Jody grew up in Pennsylvania in the Gettysburg area and um so we're driving through and and I start to dissociate a little bit and I'm suddenly I'm in the middle of the battle and I see the men and I can hear the gunfire and 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 there's all of this and it's 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 hell. It's just hell. And, and so I start to dissociate and, and I bring that light in. It's the, the, the love, the light of forgiveness and let that shine. And, and, and the, um, the whole area starts to lighten up. The, the trauma, the tragedy, the, the emotions, they start to water down. And it's like people are becoming free. So again, it's that death happens so quickly, there's not time. And people went into battle with hatred, not peace. And so that hatred stays and that needs to be washed away with love and forgiveness. And you say, how could that be? We're humans, right? But when you walk in that realm and these people who've had near-death experiences, they get a touch of that beautiful light. You see, that's then it's easy to forgive because you realize it's just it's just a dream. And and, and I've said this before, it's, it's people take issue with that, but in the Bible, it, it said Adam fell into a deep sleep when he came. And nowhere does it say he woke up. So is this a dream? And our true reality is we are infinite love and infinite peace and harmony. Yeah, that's what we are. This is a dream. So
0: you write that you never talk to your patients or your colleagues about having Christ as a consultant in your no. medical practice. And then you tell a story about your friend Bill and how he was treated because he had a mystical experience. Tell yeah. us about that.
1: Bill he'll, um um, he started reading a course in miracle and he had a, 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 an awakening experience. So it's like a near death experience, except he was wide awake, mm-hmm. and he, he he was overloaded. God runs on two twenty, we run on one hundred and ten. So if you plug that kind of energy into your body, you you blow circuit breakers. So his mind was all not working properly. So. He's talking about God and how beautiful everything is and how free. Okay. So he's got a psychotic break. He's schizophrenic. So we took his rights. I didn't, but his rights were taken away and he was hospitalized for three days, started on psychiatric medicines. And he said, no, he went back and started reading Bible and started reading Course in Miracles and said, I just was touched by God. And our medical profession doesn't understand that. And so how many people have been locked up when they have these types of experiences? Mm -hmm. So imagine, if you will, you're my patient. You're having chest pain, right? And I just did a heart tracing on you. And I'm looking at it. And I say, Christ, what do you think of this? And Christ says to me, actual experience it looks fine. He's having esophageal stomach spasm. He's faking you out. Now, meanwhile, the patient's scared, having horrendous pain. He says, doc, am I having a heart attack? What do you think? And I almost said to him, give me a second. I'm talking to Christ. I'm consulting. <laughs> what would be your reaction? You'd be thinking, I'm in serious trouble (laughs) can i have another doctor please are you a real doctor not me i'd be delighted (laughs) well yeah but um most people would not and because they're not used to it and you know anyway um so i don't i didn't tell anybody about this all these experiences and they said you know you're just really smart (laughs) and i'd say in my mind yeah i'm smart but i'm very good at listening Um, You know, when Christ is talking, the medical profession um, doesn't know what to do with death and they don't know what to do with mystical experiences. And so I now have a new diagnosis and I have what I call divine schizophrenia. So I hear, (laughs) see, see things, I hear things, but they're of a divine nature. So. It's, it's, it's time to educate and let people you know, understand these are real events. And there's going to be a lot of resistance. There always is. But I no longer care what people think. It, it, I don't care. And if they want to have an opinion that this is not right, that's fine. They're entitled to it. But I know within my heart and being that this is real and that I've touched God. You can't convince me otherwise.
0: You do now offer um, a counseling service. Tell us a little about what you're doing there.
1: Um, I was guided. I had a massive stroke in 2016, 17, I think. And um, that was another mystical experience. I should have died, but um, it, it was not the intention. Christ never came into the ER, but the whole ER turned into white light. And, and I, heard, I heard the divine say, you are going to walk out of here. Now, my whole right side's paralyzed. My left face is paralyzed. Can't talk. Having trouble breathing. And the next day, I walked out of there. Mm. And so that was a mystical experience that where God helped me for a change, which, which was really nice. Um, where, were we, where were we going with that?
0: Oh, I was going to say, tell um, the listeners about the counseling service that you're offering. Oh, now. that's
1: right. Thank you. So I, God said, work for me now. And um, so I let my, my medical license go, and uh, I started a, a small uh, counseling service. And people will talk about things like in, encountering death, near-death experiences. They, they talk about their illnesses. Uh, relationship problems, financial problems, and they're all blocks to love's presence. They're all distractions. So I help them listening to them. Christ starts to talk and will, will give me um, feedback and he start to connect with you and tell you about what's going on and what you can do to heal. And it's not a service where you've got, like, say, cancer and one session I'm going to cure you, That's I don't do the work. I'm just the conduit, you know, so that, the translator, if you will, so that God can communicate and say, here's what's going on. And it takes your fear away, and then you start to feel this divine presence. Sometimes I do a, a channeled meditation where I'm, I'll, I just give guidance, and then I always end the session with channeling um, divine love energy into you. And helping you to remember that I and my father are one, that you have the divine within you. You have within you the power to heal yourself. You don't need to go see doctors. So depending on your receptivity, I, will, I, I get guidance. And I'll say, yes, you need to see the doctor, but also know that you, you don't need as much medicine as you think you do. or. I'm, I'm trying not to dig myself into a hole. Um, it's not me doing the work. I'm not giving medical advice. I'm not prescribing. I'm just telling you what I hear. And so this woman friend, she had an aneurysm behind her eye. And she was having horrible migraines. And, and the message was, have the surgery. Everything's going to be fine. This is a high-risk surgery. And aside from a seizure, everything went beautifully. Mm -hmm. Another man had um, back pain. And as he was talking to me, I said, your aortic valve, the main valve in your heart is going to close in the next three months. He said, what? So he went to the ER. He had a 95% closure of his valve. Mm -hmm. And, And I told him, I said, you're going to be walking the next day and then you're going to be discharged in five days. And that all happened, which is impossible. Oh. It's impossible. So I just listen to you. I help you with meditation. Um, I give you guidance, suggestions. Sometimes we do a body wash, channeled meditation. I just, I just listen. And um, people work with me.
0: How can folks get in touch with you? Is there a website? There is.
1: It's real simple. It's Doctor. It's D R Rod R O D, Chelberg C H E L B E R G, and you, if you even type in Doctor Rod, you're gonna probably come to it. Um, and and then it just tells about my experiences, how to schedule an appointment and um, get connected. And and some people they stay connected. Some people this like this is not right for me. That's okay. Um, I do what I can do. But mostly it's, it's, it's listening, explaining, helping you to get through your blocks to love's presence and feeling that love in your heart and then saying, I can heal myself. So I might need medical help, but you can heal yourself.
0: And how can they find your book, which I would highly recommend?
1: It's on Amazon and it's under my name, Rod Chelberg. When God calls, say yes. And um, it's a short book, and um, but I'm the only Rod Shelberg in the United States, I believe. So it's kind of cool. Um, but, but yeah, well, it's, just,
0: n- it's not only your name that makes you one of a kind, Rod. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a lovely way to live. It I walk in peace, and Jody walks in peace, and it's just yeah. a lovely way to live. And I want to give that peace. To you and to everyone, and get rid of the fear that you're separate from God. Yeah. In there lies tremendous peace.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you for that blessing. And for this show, I think this is uh, going to be a very well listened to and maybe repeatedly. So the shows that count get listened to more than once by <laughs> the same people. Oh. Thank you, Dr. Rod for sharing the stories of your uh, NDE and your OBEs and all of the other encounters with the other side and the wisdom that you gained from uh, your experience. Yes,
1: it's lovely. I'm happy to be of service. So thank you for helping me. I appreciate it.
0: Of course. If listeners would like to hear this show again or any of our more than 490 archived ad-free NDE interviews, go to Zone's NDE radio site and hit the past shows button or go to our YouTube channel, NDE Radio with Lee Whitting, where you can subscribe to and comment on the complete NDE Radio library. And be sure to check out our NDE Radio Facebook page. Just search NDE Radio with Lee Whitting on your Facebook app. And listen again next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern at Talk Zone for more NDE Radio. I'm your host, Lee Whitting, saying thanks for listening.